Okay, um, let's pray one more time, just because we can't get enough of prayer, all right? Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us all here tonight to fellowship and have fun, but also to get into your word. And as we study your word tonight, I pray that you'll reveal to us what you have for us in, in your word. You know my prayer, amen? All righty then. So, before I get into anything, I have a few questions to ask you, okay? First of all, how many of you play an instrument or do a sport or something like that, like that required discipline? More than I expected. That's great. Okay, now, when you get like an achievement or award for this thing, aren't you happy? Right? You're happy, right? Because why? Why are you happy? Exactly. Yeah. Understood. Right? Okay. Now, another question: How many of you like free stuff? Okay. Yeah. Anything free. But yeah, that's great. Now that you've answered 17 of my 21 questions, well, four of my 21 questions, you'll be able to understand the rest of this a little better. Now, the passage I'm going to talk to you about is Romans 5, 1 through 11. If the gentleman in the back would have it on the screen. Thank you very much. Um, I would like for you to read through for that, for that for me, so you can start. Therefore... Okay, now, I don't know how much you picked up out of reading that, so that's what I'm here to do, all right? So first of all, in this passage, Paul is, let me just explain to you what he's doing in this whole, from this point on in the book, actually. Paul, his, one of his greatest things he wanted to do in his life was share the gospel to the saints in Rome, and he always wanted to do this, and this letter is him finally getting to do what he always wanted to do, so... Imagine yourself, whatever you want to do, really, really want to do. Imagine how excited you would be to actually do that. And this is how is Paul is thinking when he writes this, okay? Now, as I go to the beginning of the chapter, he talks about, Therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this part when he talks about being righteous by faith, if any of you are familiar with the story of Abraham, you would know that this also happened to Abraham. And I'm going to read 
the part where this is said in Genesis 15, 6. It says, Then he, that means Abraham, believed in the Lord, and he reckoned it to him as righteousness. So that's just what he's saying in this first verse of Romans 5 as well. And in this part, he's not only talking about Abraham, he's talking about us. In just to get you a better understanding of where he's coming from as well, he also, let me just start off from chapter 4. It's not on the screen, so I'll just read it for you right here. First, that's Romans chapter 4, verses 22 to 25, and it starts. Therefore, it was credited to him as righteousness. Now, not for his sake, it was only written, but it was not for his sake, it was only written, but it was credited to him. But for our sake, to whom it will be credited as those who believe in him, who raised Jesus, who ra- him who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. So yeah, he just explains that that faith being credited to him as righteousness is not only for Abraham, it's for us as well. And he goes on, he's pretty much explaining how Abraham's faith was counted to him as righteousness. And as Christians, it's the same thing for us. The only difference is, is that we obtain our righteousness through Jesus dying on the cross for us. And that's how we obtain our righteousness. And when we believe in Jesus, which is have faith in him, then we obtain our righteousness. So that's how it works with, when it comes to us. Now, verses 3 and 5. Let's go to verse 3 for me, please. Yeah, and he says, not only this, but we also rejoice in the sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Next verse. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Now, let me try to reason with you here. When Paul says we can rejoice, in sufferings, whenever you think of sufferings, what do you think of? Pain, unhappiness, right? Now, why do you think he's telling us to rejoice in pain and happiness? Any takers? Yeah, that's a good one, yeah. Anybody else? Well, actually... Paul explains it as he continues to talk. And he says, it says, sufferings produce endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Now, if this still seems strange to you, imagine this. Now, all of you, I know a bunch of y'all raised your hands when y'all said y'all do a sport or whatever, right? Now, when you first started on this sport, it was difficult at the beginning, right? Think of something else that wasn't difficult. Think of something else that was difficult for you when you first started out. Wasn't it kind of difficult trying to... So you started off as the best. Okay, it was kind of difficult for you to get there, right? So yeah, that's what he's talking about. And then, as you start to go through this more and more and get practice more and more, you got to get used to the flow of things and get, oh, I can do this and because I do this, right? You got to learn more, right? And get to last longer. It's just like running. If you run for long periods of time, you get endurance. That's what it is. And then, when you get better at this thing, you get 
to the point where you can say, hey, I know what I can do now, and I can actually do something good, right? And then you now aspire to do greater and better things because you are affirming yourself that you practice and you practice and you practice and you know your limits, and now you can aspire to do more and better things. And that's just how it is with the Christian walk because the more we struggle, the more endurance we built up because we're walking with God as the Christian walk is. And then we develop more character and we get stronger and we're able to discern different things like tell this is wrong and this is right and we can do better things because of that. And now we have hope because Jesus is our ultimate hope. We follow him. And so now we know we can do better and greater things because we have built up this endurance and this character as well. And it says, hope that is assured because God's love is being poured out into us through the Holy Spirit. Now, when we all become, when we become Christians, the Holy Spirit is, comes upon us and lives within us, right? And this, the Holy Spirit is also called the Comforter. And the Holy Spirit is what helps us be able to do the things that God wants us to do, because without him, we cannot. So that's what it means when he says, hope that is assured, because we know we can do it, because the Holy Spirit is living within us. So now we can go through our Christian rock the best way we can. Now, in verse 6, Paul just pretty much explains the gospel message. Now, it's pretty straightforward and simple where he says, for while we were still helpless, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. And on to verse 7. Now, in this part, Paul kind of interjects and says, For rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, perhaps, someone might possibly dare to die. And he's pretty much kind of putting in a joke, kind of, per se, because he's saying, he just said that Christ died for the ungodly, but then he's saying, for rarely will anyone die for the righteous person, though a good person, perhaps. So he was pretty much saying that, why would you die for a righteous person if they're already righteous? What do they need from you, right? So that's pretty much what he's explaining in that part. And then in verse 8, he pretty much just continues what he was going on in verse 6, and he says, but God demonstrates his own love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than because we have now been declared righteous by his blood, we'll be saved through him from God's wrath. And so, because Christ died for us, we can now live according to his word because we have the hope, the Holy Spirit, like we talked about earlier, the Holy Spirit living in us, and now we can walk our Christian walk the way he wants us to. And when it says, much more than because we have been declared righteous, it just means that because Christ died for us, we can, every day we still have struggles, but then Christ's death for us is demonstrated for us every day because he always helps us with our struggles. And so we always are reminded by the fact that he died for us so that I can overcome whatever struggle this is I have. And on to verse 10. For while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, how much more, since we have been reconciled, will we be saved by his life? And not only this, but we also rejoice in God, through Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. 
So, through this whole thing, Paul is just talking about how we need to be rejoicing in the fact that God saved us. We are saved and we are covered by his blood and we don't have to worry about eternal punishment in hell and getting burned forever or whatever. But we can rejoice in the sufferings because God gives us hope and we know we can overcome these things. And so we rejoice in that as well. And I don't know about you, but if I had the ability to do a whole lot and let's say if I had the ability to fly, I'd be happy because of that. And just translate that to this and you pretty much get the gist of it. And so I ask the question now, how many of you are happy or thankful that you're Christians, if you are? If would some brave soul tell me why? Pardon? <laughs> any other? That's a good. That's a good point too. Well, yeah, any other reasons? Sorry. Pardon? Exactly. And so, and what did we do for? What did we do for getting eternal life? Exactly. We didn't do anything. We didn't do anything. It's completely free. Christ died so that we can live with him forever. And on top of that, he just wants us to be happy. He just says, rejoice in that I died for you. Be happy that I died for you. Be happy that you can go and live with me in eternity. Be happy that you can struggle and then get stronger, struggle and then get stronger and become a better person in general and be happy on this earth that he has put you here to live. And so, just a reminder, as you go through your Christian walks, just don't get upset when you start to struggle. Try not to get upset when things are going too well and you think it's going to fall apart because it's going too well. Try to rejoice in everything because, as you saw, there's really nothing to be upset about because in everything, we must rejoice. Because... We're going to heaven. <laughs> so that's pretty much all Paul has to say in these few verses. So I'm just going to close out in prayer. That's good. All right. Our Lord and Heavenly Father, thank you for, once again, bringing us all here. Thank you for giving us a chance to study your word in this setting like this. And pray that after these words, my words fall to the ground, I pray that your words will reiterate in the hearts and the minds of these teens tonight, and I pray that you will just uh, allow your spirit to move through them and help them and encourage them and strengthen them as you said you would do when you left us here. So, Lord, I pray, thank you for tonight, and I pray that you will just take us all home safely. In your name I pray, amen.